Hi there, Director of Photography, Alec Watson. Today, I have got your top three ways to get way better stories into your photos. Now, I would call this your visual narrative, but that sounds like fancy speak, <laughs> and maybe it is. So I wanted to simplify it down. You can take any image and you can apply these things to tell a way better story and it'll be way more impactful, making you a better photographer. In three, two, one. That's right, I am suggesting strongly that whether you own your own brand, you are the brand, or you're just taking photos for fun, we can make you take way better photos. Now, a little personal history. When I started out in photography, I pretty much worried about all the wrong things. I, I came from being a recording engineer. And even when I was a recording engineer, I started the wrong way around too, where it was more important for me that I get a great signal to noise ratio. What does that even mean or who cares? <laughs> than recording uh, a, a great sounding uh, record. And you would be amazed that people could get that wrong. But when you look at photography sites, if you're into photography and look at all the people talking about photography on sites, they get this stuff wrong all the time. And they're, they're worried about things like um, uh, bokeh, they'll talk about that, uh, or bokeh. That's the, the blurriness on, on a photo. And they'll, just, they'll, they'll talk about the you know, how it wasn't blurry enough in the right way or, you know, honestly, things that don't matter to the impact of a visual. So we're going to get away from that because one of the things that I, I believe has made me a successful photographer over the years is moving away from being an engineer of photography and much more of a storyteller. And these are the secrets, my top three secrets, of telling great stories when you take photos. So, number one. My number one thing is define the story. <laughs> what does that even mean? If you're taking a selfie or you're taking a snapshot of somebody or you're working on a campaign, how do you define the story? I remember the first time I asked somebody that at a photo shoot and they were just shocked and this was like a this was like a commercial shoot and it was it was fashion i asked them what the fashion story was and they looked at me and they said i've never thought about that before i'm not even sure what that means and so there's a problem right there. If we don't have a story in mind, we're just creating looks. How, how do we want these looks to go together? How do we want our audience to interpret these looks? And, and that's generally important because we're always trying to communicate something. So let me give you some examples of telling a story that might not seem obvious at first, but if you step outside and think about it for a second, you will end up taking a better photo. A sunset. I was out with my wife, Sarah. We were paddle boarding. It was the most spectacular sunset out on the, the Georgia Strait. We, we live in this beautiful area on Vancouver Island. And just out front of us is the strait that looks out over the mountains. The sun is setting. And, and by the way, a great sunset happens when you have clouds in the sky. The, the sun has to drop down below the clouds and shine upwards to light up those clouds in those incredible pinks and oranges. That's when you know you're going to have a great sunset. 
that's going to reflect in the water. It's going to make amazing. For me, the story was about color. So how do you get the most color? And, and so what, why would I think that? Well, I'm out there with, with Sarah. Sarah is a striking silhouette. <laughs> how do you like that, though? Uh, you are a striking silhouette on a paddleboard. And so that is one of my stories is, who, who is it? Uh, Gino Vanelli. Uh, she perfect silhouette. Uh, anyway, uh, Black Cars. Sorry, <laughs> getting off track. At one point, the story was about the silhouette and the figure of the silhouette uh, landing in this incredible color. I realized that the story was about the clouds and the color and the environment. This led me to realize that I needed a much wider shot to tell the story because that's what the story was about. So I pulled back, I used a wider angle lens and I filled up as much color as I could. And suddenly Sarah as a silhouette became this tiny silhouette and it told a much different story than the close-up silhouette. And it was much more powerful. And when you saw the engagement between the two photos, absolutely, the wider shot way stronger. When you are taking something for social media, for a business, always stop, say to yourself, what is the story I'm trying to, to tell? Because, you know, maybe there's a quick snapshot there always hit the button, take the quick snapshot, then ask yourself, what is the story I'm trying to tell? How can I tell that story better? If you can find the essence of the story, I promise you, you will take a better image. This brings us to number two, the number two technique that's going to make you a way better storytelling photographer. Now this one is more like photography technique. This one comes with a bunch of different names, but basically it's about backlighting. What's backlighting? It means whatever your main light source is, it's on the other side of your subject. Meaning if, if your subject is a person, the main light is behind them. So if you're outside in the sun, the sun's on their back. Backlighting. There's a lot of names for this in cinema, and over the years, it's something that has changed. One of the striking things when you look back at old Hollywood movies is they front-lit everything. Now, now, why did they do that? Well, back then, they did not have a formulation for film that was sensitive enough to be able to backlight. It wasn't an option. They had to hit everybody with as much light as they could to get that image to, uh, to be exposed properly onto film. And so for a very long time, even when they got more sensitive films, that was the look of a film, was this hard front lighting. Somewhere along the lines, film sensitivity went up. The film got more sensitive. And people started to realize you could get much more interesting shots that, that felt like they had a lot more depth when you backlit them. One of the things that you will find as a striking difference between an amateur photographer and a professional photographer, and, and, and same with video, video especially, between amateur video and professional video is 
the sun, the main light, also known as the key light, that light will generally be on the other side of your subject. The, it's called backlighting. Uh, it might be called, what's, uh, what's our other names for uh, short side lighting? So if you, if you were to light a face, somebody that's looking away from you, they would have a short side of their face from their, their nose to their ear, like in, in our little two-dimensional world, and a long side of their face. The amateur will light the long side of the face. The professional will have the short side of the face lit. Short side lighting, backlighting, these things will make your images look better. People just look better when they're backlit. What you'll find, this is a thing called modeling effect. Now, painters knew this, and this actually comes from, so this comes from way before film. If you go back and you look at the Renaissance paintings, somewhere during the Renaissance, they learnt or they decided the technique of painting somebody had to do with the way the light falls on them. And this was one of the massive changes in the Renaissance. I, I love the imagery of the Renaissance. I took it at university and I, I love going into galleries and seeing the change over time as people became masters of this technique of short side lighting or backlighting. It creates an incredible depth and, and the light wraps around the back of them and you end up with a slightly darker front of them. And in the, the two-dimensional world that we're looking at, it gives a great sense of depth. It's really beautiful. I'm sure they would have loved to have done this technique in early film, but it wasn't a possibility. But now, whether you're using an iPhone, uh, you know, a real DSLR, a video camera, there's absolutely the sensitivity to be able to backlight and you're going to get way better storytelling images when you backlight. Also, the other thing that's going to make these images stronger in terms of narrative is they will look like images that we do see in television shows and movies. And there's a visual cue to us that this is a story image rather than a product image that's frontlit. So even kind of on a psychological level, when we look at an image that's backlit, we immediately think story. So the number two way to create a way better storytelling image is get the light on the far side of your model or subject, whether it's a person, a car, or an egg in an egg cup. That brings us to number three, the number three thing you can do to get way better storytelling images. Now, this one is more of a, a production one. When I think about this, this is me trying to come up with ideas for a specific shoot. I go to Pinterest. Now, you would think with my level of experience that I would just show up to the shoot and start taking pictures. And if you thought that, you would probably be wrong. I learned a long time ago that it's better to travel in people who've broken trail for you. It'll make it way easier. If you have an, a place of inspiration to start from, you'll generally take way better images. And there's a few reasons for this. So when 
I work with a team and we put a concept together, or if a creative director has come to me and said, this is, this is our concept, we have a meeting with our team of people. Now you may be a team of one, but as a team of one, it's even more important to do this. When we meet as a team, we communicate visually. If we were to communicate with words, well, words are, the spoken word is about 30,000 times slower than you can communicate with imagery. So something like Pinterest, doing a search, you're going to find images that transmit a lot more information. So if we, for instance, we wanted to do kind of a retro shoot, want something that looks a little bit 80s, but also 2021. So it's kind of got that, uh, that vibe. What could we do? Well, we could sit there and talk about things that might work, or we could just search for that and search for retro photos and start finding things we like. And we'll see things in wardrobe. We'll see colors. We'll see makeup. Though Looking at those things and picking out things that we each like will be an influence on our new photos. Now, of course, I'm, t- I'm talking something that's obviously fashion-driven, but you could apply this to almost anything. So if you're doing headshots for your business, if you're uh, creating social media posts and you want to start to have some kind of like cohesive brand feel, you want to define what your brand looks like. And one of the ways you can do that is start looking at images that kind of speak to your brand. And if you find those images and put them together, you will find a through line. What we're talking about here is something known as a mood board. And we do this for shoots all the time at the professional level. Interestingly, at the amateur level, doesn't often happen. So, you know, there's a cue there that there's maybe something to this. You would think the professionals could just show up and pull it off. But... In general, as professionals, we get together, we communicate visually with things that we've seen to draw inspiration from, and then we create something new from there. And if the pros that I work with are all communicating and doing it that way, I promise you as an amateur or the leader of your brand, or if it's just you wearing all the hats and you're trying to create a narrative, there's your new word for today, you're trying to create a stronger narrative in the photos that you're making, if you're doing some kind of production where you're prepping for prepping for a shoot or prepping to tell a visual story, you're going to tell a much stronger story if you create a mood board. And there you go. There's another one for you. You didn't even know that when you were on Pinterest, you were creating a mood board. Those are my top three go-tos for creating a stronger narrative in the visuals that I put out for brands from all over the world. I have a fantastic course on visual branding that will teach you everything you need to know to raise the bar on the effectiveness of telling your brand story and, of course, make more money. You'll find that at yourvisualbrand.com. It's currently on its first sale ever. It's currently 25% off. And today, if you enter in the coupon code YVBPODCAST, all in caps, I'll add another 10% off. And please reach out to me and let me know how it's improving your business. I'm loving hearing stories like that. It also helps me to help other people. If you're getting something from this podcast, please do me a huge favor and go ahead and leave a review with five gold stars. That would be super awesome. 
And if you've got some friends that are in business that would benefit from learning more about visual branding, man, pass this along to them. I would sure appreciate that. This is my legacy project, and I really am here to try and make a difference. This week, when you're taking photos for social media or for enjoyment, pause for a moment after you've hit the button to take that first quick shot and ask yourself, what is the story that I am trying to tell? If you stop and think about that, you will find a way to take a better picture and make the world a better and more beautiful place. My name's Alec Watson. I run Your Visual Brand, and I'm wishing you a fantastic week.